0: Today's daf is Lamed Vav in uh, in Masechet um, Beitzah. We are at the very top of Lamed Vav Amud Aleph, which is the very first word actually. Hatamdan. It's in the middle of comparing and contrasting halachot regarding Yom Tov and halachot regarding Shabbat. Because on Yom Tov, it said that you could lower uh, fruits or you could lower grain that was on the on the roof into the house through the roof if you needed to because it was raining. And it's comparing that to halachot about moving stuff around on Shabbat. So it says, You cannot move the otzar, whatever that is, the storage. And um, so the point was that you could not, even though they allowed you to move four or five containers of uh, straw or whatever it was to make space for the Beit Midrash or for guests, you can't clean out everything in other words you can clean out some but you can't make it empty the area empty because Dilma because you might end up then like cleaning like basically flattening the ground because you leave it once you see like an open space that's a wide open space you say oh i, I better clean it up i better tidy it there are some bumps in it there's some holes it's uh you'll lead you do that uh, so the question is what about here in other words, are you is there also a limit that uh, you can't remove um, everything from the on yom tov because maybe you'll come to flatten the ground also. Right? Because it, does that halacha apply there too? So the question is, so the question is, hatam In other words, you could you can look at it either way. You could say on Shabbat, that's very strict. You can't leave an open expanse of ground because you might come to flatten it. Uh, but we're not worried about it on Yom Tov because it's not as strict. On the other hand, you could argue that when it comes to Shabbat, we were allowing you to do it for, for Talmud Torah. Here we don't have that reason. So maybe on Yom Tov, we shouldn't be, it should certainly be prohibited to clear out the entire space because you might come to flatten the ground. that we don't even have the uh, positive mitigating factor that we're doing it for the sake of learning. Okay, now HaChat's not over here. We learn Mishilin Pero Odercha Be B'Yom Tov. That Rav Nachman said That it's true that you can lower things from the roof into the house But you cannot move it from roof to roof Even if you have roofs that are exactly parallel to one another You can't move from one to the other Right? So the question is What about on Shabbat? So they're, they're basically comparing these Shabbat, Yom Um Yom Tov de Now, in other words, the point of all these things you can't really make come up with a definitive answer. Because when it comes to Yom Tov, we said you can't move from roof to roof. Maybe that's because since Yom Tov is so lenient in general, people will take more liberty with it. And they'll violate other things. So we restrict their moving things across rooms. On Shabbat, we're not worried about people taking liberty uh, with that kind of thing. So, uh, so we might be more, uh, more lenient because Shabbat itself is so strict. On the other hand, you could say that over here we're worried about, have said Perot, we're worried about a person's uh, financial situation. So we're, and we're telling them that they can't move the fruits. Over there, where there isn't such a mitigating factor, maybe we'll certainly tell them they can't move the fruits from roof to roof. In other words, the basic point is we can't really determine from the halakha mentioned in Yom Tov what the halakha would be in Shabbat because it could be that it would be more lenient on Shabbat or it could be that it is the same and we can't tell, right? So now again, here we said, You cannot uh, lower these items through uh, with with a rope Okay, or In other words, if instead of putting it straight down, there's a uh, there's a window, but the, the roof has like a wall around it and has a, a, a hole in the side. So you would tie it on a rope and you would lower it um, uh, through the side, either into the courtyard or into the house or whatever, it says that's too complicated, right? Also, um, if you're going to take it down a uh, a ramp, she says, or a uh, a ladder, right? So the the point is that you're only allowed to just like drop it, basically, from the roof into the house. But if there's any complicated process, like lowering it with a pulley system through the window or uh, ladders or any other equipment, then no. So mai What about on Shabbat? If you had a situation where doing this kind of thing, lowering this stuff, was creating a space for a Beit Midrash, maybe we'd be more lenient and allow you to lower it even through a window, even with ropes, even with ladders. Again, we could flip it around and say that no Yom Tov, where we're protecting the person's money, we tell him no. Kalvachomer and Shabbat, we're going to tell him no. So, Teku, we don't have an answer for that. We only know these isolated halachot with Shabbat and Yom Tov, and we don't know which ones, which analogies we can and can't draw. Omechasin you can cover the fruits so that they don't get ruined by the delef if there is leak. Amar Ula Ula said, even if you have um, a uh, uh, you have bricks that are set up in a pile that are going to be used for building and they're getting rained on and they're going to get damaged and you want to cover them, you're allowed to. No, Rabbi Yitzchak said only fruits, not bricks. Because according to Rabbi Yitzchak, you're only allowed to move things for the sake of things that are not muktzeh. In other words, muktzeh is not just that the object is muktzeh, but you can't even move something for the sake of a muktzeh thing. Because that's almost like you know, by so guilt by association. Can't move it. Okay? Now, we learned in the Mishnah, it says you can, you're allowed to cover the fruit with vessels. Implication is only fruit, not bricks. And of course, Ola will say, no, even bricks. It's just that since the Mishnah started by talking about fruits, it ends by talking about fruits. But really you can cover anything you want from the rain on Shabbat. Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah Vachin, yain, vachin said you could also cover bar, uh, jugs of wine or oil. Betivlan. Now obviously you must be talking about jugs of wine and oil that are mukse because they are tevil. They're untied. Why? Because mi In other words, because if you ta- you already told me I'm allowed to cover fruits. So if I'm allowed to cover fruits, why do you have to tell me I'm allowed to cover oil and wine? must be because we're talking about oil and wine that is itself muktzeh. And that shows you that you're allowed to cover something, that's muktzeh. No, we could say again, kadei Maybe it's not talking about muktzeh wine and, and oil. But, sal lef, said It's not such a big damage if a little water drips into your oil, you're going to barely notice it. Little water drips onto your uh, wine, maybe you won't notice it. So Kamashmalan, it's coming to tell you that you're still allowed to cover it. In other words, you might think that the The effort involved in covering them is not justified by the amount of damage you will incur. The answer is you're allowed to cover them, even though they're not muktzeh. In other words, in each one of these, Rabbi Yitzchak is going to say, you're only allowed to do this when it's not muktzeh. If it's muktzeh, you're not allowed to do it. It's not. It says you're allowed to catch the water that's leaking in from the roof on Shabbat. If you have a leaky roof, you're allowed to catch the water. Now we assume that the water is not potable water, Right? So, you're making, a, you're create, you're basically moving something to catch a muktse thing. Right? So, the thing is, no, Rabbi Yitzchak will tell you that's talking about water that is good water. You could drink it. Okay, Tashma, and listen. It says you're allowed to, to take mats and stretch them out over bricks on Shabbat. So, how could that be? It says, That's talking about bricks that were left over after the building project. And therefore they're not mukte because you could sit on them and use them. That's why. What about this case? Again, another case. It said you're allowed to cover rocks on Shabbat. Not levanim, not bricks, but rocks. He answers, no, it's talking about rocks you could use for the bathroom because that's what they used for toilet paper back then. That's why. Okay, It says you're allowed to cover the um, beehive on Shabbat. Now the beehive is definitely in Moktze, it's got all the bees in there. Right? You're allowed to cover it from the sun and cover it from the rain. So you see you're moving something from thing. as long as you're not trying to trap the bees. So we're talking about because there's honey in there. So since the honey is not Moktze, so you're allowed to cover it. But what about, That's that works in the summertime. But in the wintertime it's not gonna work. In the wintertime, there's no honey in there. So it says, no. We're talking about because of the two honeycombs inside the uh, beehive, which are actually the bees eat. The bees use. So you could also use it. Right? So it says. You, but those two chalot, you don't eat those, those are for the bees. So they're muktze so they're also. So how can you move something to cover something that's muktze? We're talking about somebody who intended to eat those honeycombs. So you're going to tell me it's asur to cover it otherwise. Because why? Because it's muktze and you're not allowed to move a mat to cover something muktze. We always ask this question. If you're going to say that there's a case where the honeycombs are, you know, are allowed to be covered and a case where they're not, why do you have to bring in the whole issue of trapping? You have a case even within where you're not trapping, where it would be allowed or wouldn't be allowed. When are you allowed to cover it when you thought you were going to eat the honeycomb? Why don't you just say that? Why don't you say that? Those are the two cases. When you wanted the honeycomb, you could cover it. When you didn't, you couldn't. The point is that the implication is that even though you wanted the honeycombs, if you intend to trap the bees, it's still a sur. Obviously, you're operating according to Rabbi Yuda. That there's a That's an interesting contradiction. Because on one hand, it says that you can't... Um, you're dealing with an issue of muktzeh over there, of uh, uh, and and saying that uh, can you move this item to protect something muktzeh? So you're assuming Rabbi Yehuda that there's muktzeh, but on the other end you're saying if you don't intend to trap the bees, it's okay. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, even if you don't intend something, you're still liable for it. So how so how could it be that's Rabbi Shimon? So it says, uh, Is that really true? Truth is that even Rabbi Shimon would not be comfortable over here. Because if you're covering it, and it's going to trap the bees, what difference does it make if you have intention or not? It's it's automatic. That's going to trap the bees. So it says, no. It's all Rabbi Yehuda. It has holes in it, this um, it has like uh, windows in the uh, so even though you're covering the top, you're not going to cover all the exits over there, so it's saying as long as you didn't cover when it's saying it's it doesn't mean the intention of the person. it means the way they did it. If they cover just the top, it's okay if you cover the if you seal it it's not okay right that's what it means so that's why it's saying um, that he doesn't mean. Um, that you didn't have intention, because intention doesn't matter to uh, Rabbi Yehudah, In other words, it's describing the way in which you do it. You didn't make it a sealed a sealed thing. You left the side so the beast could get out. You only covered the top so the rain or the sun wouldn't come down. Okay, that's why. It's the way you did it, not the intention. Because Rabbi Yehudah doesn't care about intention. Now, pshita, that should be obvious because you might have thought that when do we say that something is uh, is uh, is subject to trapping when the, when the, that type is trapped mutar? but where where it isn't trapped it, it doesn't even count in other words, people don't trap bees like that okay that's not the way that I guess they didn't back then I think they do now trap bees don't they but I, but I guess They didn't back then for sure. So you might have thought that the whole melachav trapping doesn't even apply to bees because it's not something you normally go out and trap. Right? So that's the chidush that if you did seal it off, it's considered trapping. So the the bottom line is that Rabbi Yitzchak will explain. We're talking about where there were honeycombs in there you were planning to eat. Therefore, it's not muktzeh. Therefore, you're allowed to cover it. As long as you don't seal off the whole thing and create a trap out of it, a sealing trap out of it. Rav Ashi Amar, Mika Katani Bimotah Chama Gishamim. It never said sun, summer, and winter. It said Bchama Bnechama Ubgshamim Bnegshamim. It said you're not you're allowed to cover it in the sun because of the sun and in in the rain because of the rain. Meaning that's what it said. Ubgshamim Bnegshamim Katani. Biyomai Nissan Uvyomai Tishrei. Viga Chama Viga it makes perfect sense, actually, that answer. In other words, it's not talking about where there was no honey in the honey, in the, uh, uh, beehive. It was talking about during the spring and during the fall, which is the time where it's still hot enough that there's honey in there, but you could have either rain or you could have sun. So since there is honey in there, um, if it's too sunny, you're allowed to cover it. If it's rainy, you're allowed to cover it. According to Rabbi Yitzchak, only because there is honey inside the, uh, beehive. You're allowed to, to put a vessel to collect water leaking from the roof on Shabbat. You don't have to worry. If it fills up, you're allowed to spill it out and put it back for round two. In other words, you don't have to feel that there's anything wrong with uh, conveying the uh, water out and, uh, and you know, spilling it out and, and, and collecting more. Uh, one time the mill of Abaye was Deluf. There was a leak he said to him look normally what was the issue in your house? you're allowed to put something to collect the water to prevent it from uh you know from uh ruining your your home it'll be ruined it'll be disgusting it'll become a muddy uh place you're not allowed to do that but um here he says that uh that this Delef was, was falling, the the rain was falling, Rashi says, The whole mill was like melting because of the water. And apparently, he, he didn't have enough, um, he didn't have enough like uh, uh, vessels. It was just a matter of a leak and it was going to destroy the mill or it was going to destroy his space. He would be able to Catch the water with uh, vessels, and and you know catch the leak, and it would be okay. You wouldn't have to, you wouldn't be required to let his mill or his whatever any room be destroyed. But he didn't have enough kelim. So what did uh, Ra- what did Rabbah say? He said you need to move the mill instead of catch the water. Move it to somewhere where it's not leaking, but it's muktzes. So what do you do? So he said, what you do is bring your bed into the the place where uh, where the mill is. And then Rashi says, We have a general rule, If you have a chamber pot, right? A chamber pot, a, a disgusting thing in your living quarters, you're allowed to move it. So basically he's saying, if you can't catch the water, make the mill something disgusting, you wouldn't want a... Uh, a mill that's like wet and uh, crumbling, whatever, in your bedroom. So bring your bed into this room and then you could say, I'm allowed to move the mill out because I don't want my bed in a room like this, right? It's a little bit of a trick. It's a, uh, definitely harama. It's a, a sort of a, uh, uh, a trick, but he said to him, wait a second. He said to him, wait, are you really allowed to create a situation where you're disgusted by something on purpose by saying, I'm going to camp out in my mill so that the, so that the, the mill itself that's that's like, uh, uh, disintegrating will be disgusting and I can move it? I'm allowed to do that? In the meantime, while he was thinking about that, um, in the meantime, it fell apart. It collapsed. He lost it anyway, right? And then what did he say? He said, uh, it was my fault. I should have listened, right? Um, uh, and Abaye said, I deserve it because I didn't listen to what the Rabbah said, that I should have just brought my bed in there, made an excuse, said I was allowed to move it out of the bedroom and I made it my bedroom. Uh, I should have listened. A chamber pot for excrement or something for urine, you're allowed to take them to the garbage. And when you bring it back, put some water in to bring it back. Implying that you're allowed to carry the, uh, when you go uh, to take it out, you're allowed to take the excrement and spill it out. But when you come back, it says you have to fill it, with water, because you're only you're not allowed to move the empty chamber pot. You're only allowed to move it when it's full and needs to be taken out, but you're not allowed to when it's empty, you're not allowed to move it, so you have to put water in it. And we learn from Shmuel that Shmuel In other words, you might have thought they interpreted that you're not allowed to directly remove excrement. Let's say a dog go, does its business on the floor; you can't move it. Only the chamber, they, in other words, from the fact that he was worried about whether you could move the vessel or not when it's full, when it's empty, he was only talking about the vessel. But the implication is that the actual davar maus, the actual disgusting thing, you can't touch. So that was what they believed. But tashima um, the how achbarta the ishtakach as uh what is the it? uh, It's the bissamim, um, right? It's the it's the uh, it's the uh, bissamim of of uh, Ravashi. That uh, There was a mouse that died in the bissamim, right? Basically, there was a dead mouse found in the uh, bissamim of the uh, of uh, Ravashi, and he said, "Pick it up by its tail and throw it out." Meaning the ma'us thing you're allowed to remove. So even at the excrement itself, you're allowed to remove. And uh, just, Shmuel was saying, the vessel, you don't have a reason to move that vessel on Shabbat. But if you fill it with water now, you can move it back into the room again. But if there is actual excrement, you can remove that too. The Mishnah says, anything which you're not allowed to do because of a rabbinic prohibition, Mishum Rishut, or because of something voluntary, Mishum Mitzvah, or because of a Mitzvah. We'll see what all these things are in the Gemara. Chayavin alav Yom Tov, right? So anything you're not allowed to do on Shabbat You're not allowed to do on Yom Tov What are the rabbinic requirements Or rabbinic restrictions You can't climb a tree You can't ride an animal You can't swim You cannot um, smack on your leg And you cannot smack on your um, I'm sorry You can't smack on your hands uh, Your hands on each other And you can't smack on your foot And ve'lo you can't dance Right? ve mishum rashut here are the are the things that are uh uh voluntary load den you can't have a din torah velo mekadeshin you cannot betroth the woman velo choltin you can't do chalita velo mi'ammin and you cannot do yebum on shabbato yom tov velo mishum mitzvah here there's mitzvah you cannot la'du lo mekdeshin you cannot consecrate something velo marichin you can't make an erech on something which is when you say i'm going to dedicate the value of a person, right, that, and the Torah describes what the arachim are of the different people, what their monetary value is, it's another type of donation, you also cannot separate truma and maaser, you can't do them on Sh- Yom Tov, certainly not on Shabbat, the only difference between Yom Tov and Shabbat is things that are done for food. So basically this is a a, a list of all the rabbinic prohibitions uh, that we're from uh, many, most of them are familiar with on Shabbat and Yom Tov as well. bilan, the Gemara says, we know so because you might pull off a branch, you can't climb a tree. First, the Gemara says, maybe the reason you can't ride an animal is you might lose track of time and go outside the Tchum. Are you telling me that Tchum is Tchum, that you make a Gzerah, that maybe you'll violate it? No, it's mainly Tchum. Zmora. That's, the, that's the answer that we know, that the reason why you can't ride an animal is you might pull a branch off a tree and smack it. Right? Rashi says that that means that you can't swim because you might pull reeds out of the bottom of the water and make it into a type of a raft or a flotation device, you know, to, in the water. We know that Tosfot makes a... Uh, you know talks about how this it might not apply today because you know we don't do that but clapping sm- slapping the knee dancing it's all a concern that you might fix an instrument now if you're an instrument player especially of a string instrument you know that that's a very real possibility When you, if you were to play an instrument, you naturally tune the instrument all the time. A piano, you have to hire somebody to come tune it, but I'm saying something which is a uh, a person who plays a string instrument or they play uh, any instrument that's tuned by the player on the, you know, ala basically. Yeah, it, once you have the instrument in your hand, it's easy to think to do that. And I guess back then, once you started having like any kind of music, people would pull out their instruments and start playing and you could have people fixing the... Tuning the instrument, which is the tikkun kli, um, and it would be Isur Dewaita. Velo and Mishum Rishut, what are the optional things? Meaning to say, the Gemara will explain what it means optional and what it means Shavut, um, meaning that uh, Shavut are just things you're not allowed to do, period. Rishut are things that are like Ktsat mitzvah, as she says, right? Meaning that uh, they're not a full mitzvah, but they're kind of like a mitzvah, and the third group is things that are definitely a mitzvah but you're not allowed to do. Um, the Gemara will get into exactly the, a little more detail about that language there that it uses of the Roshut and the Mitzvah. But, but what about uh, you can't do a Din Torah? Mitzvah Kavid, Lo Minei. You, if there's somebody in town Who's a better Dayan than you It's no mitzvah for you to be judging the case So, uh, so uh, it's only a reshoot, considered reshut Because why are you deciding to judge the case You could, uh, you could defer to somebody higher than you Okay Why do you call marrying a woman A uh, reshut It's a mitzvah It says no because If you already have a wife and children And you're looking for a second wife um, Like the old joke goes about the guy in Kolel Who was looking for a second wife Because he couldn't live on one income anymore Um, the, uh, you know, that, uh, that guy, so it's not really a full mitzvah. He already has children. Right? So uh, similarly, when it comes to yibum, yibum and Chalitza, we're talking about where there was an older brother who had been first in line. So it wasn't really a mitzvah for this uh, younger brother to do the Chalitza or the Yibum. And that's why it's only called Rishut. So the reason for all of these Types of activities not being allowed on Shabbat or Yom Tov is G'zera Shema Somebody will write a record of the judgment or record of the Kiddushin, a record of the Yibum, a record of the Chalitza. And because that would lead to writing, that's why it's not allowed. Now, interesting, the way Rashi interprets it is that the, the Gemara's question was, why is it termed a reshut in these cases? Why would it be Rishut reshut and not a mitzvah? And he's saying that in each one of these cases, it's not always a mitzvah on that individual to do that action. Because it could be that there's somebody else more qualified or somebody else who's first in line, right, to do it. Or, or it could be that he's doing it because he wants to have another wife when he already has a wife and children. It's not really a mitzvah, that's why, right? But at the end, it says you can't do any of these things even for the person who is first in line to do the judgment, even for the person who is first in line for the eboom, even for the person who is first in line, uh, doesn't have a wife and children yet, still can't do it because Shema yichtov. That's how Rashi interprets it, and that's what the halacha is. Rabbi Utam says, no, no, no. Rabbein Utam's thing is, no. What it means is that it's only not allowed midrabanan in these cases where it's Roshut, where there's somebody else who could have judged it. Where it's somebody else who... Uh, where you didn't really need to marry the woman because you already were married. Where you didn't really need to do the Yibam and But if you did need to because you were first in line or you were not married yet or you were the only judge in town, then you would be allowed to do it. It wouldn't be subject to this... in the Tosfot on the bottom of Lam Midvav Bet. Very interesting. But of course, the halacha is that in all these cases we don't allow it. They he brings an interesting question. They bring a, um brings an interesting question because he says... Um, the, uh, that if it's true that uh, that y- they, one of the kushiot they bring on Rabbi is if it's true that when it's a real mitzvah you'd be allowed to do it even on Shabbat and Yom Tov so then why when it talks about the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur that if his wife dies, what is he going to do? What's the problem? He should be able to marry another wife because it's definitely a mitzvah. And there's nobody else who can do it, and you're saying that if it's definitely a mitzvah, and there's nobody else can do it. So then he's allowed to do it even on Yom Tov and Shabbat because they didn't make that gzera of the uh, kiddushin. So that's one of the questions that they ask against the uh, Rebbeinu Tam that if you're right that where it's a real, uh, real mitzvah, you're allowed to do it, and there is no xerav, then what about that? But that's uh, the Tosfot answers that for him they give him they give him an answer. But the uh, that that's the uh, the basic halachas you're never allowed to do it. That's accepted halachas. So we'll continue here. Bez Vahad Hashem uh, tomorrow.